Hey there, welcome back. You're listening to The DM with Audra Brienne and Tyree. Last week, we reviewed Netflix original movie, I Care A Lot, which you should definitely check out. And on this week's episode, we will be having a Q&A with famed costume designer, Dana Pink. going to get into this. So we have the pleasure today of interviewing costume designer and stylist Dana Pink, whose works include Lovecraft Country, which is currently streaming on HBO, Bad Boys for Life, Crazy Stupid Love, Bumblebee, The Lucky One, and more. Dana, thank you so much for joining us today. Could you give our listeners a little bit of background on how you got your start? Thank you guys for having me. I'm super happy to be here. So how I got my start... Well, I was a stylist before I was a costume designer, and I did musicians and bands and commercials and music videos and any, like, I started doing anything. I knew, I loved clothes. I've always loved clothes, and I've loved dressing people, and I love fashion. When I started, it was in Detroit. That's where I grew up, and the unions there were, you know, different. It was a smaller market, obviously, than LA or New York, and so in order to work as, because I always wanted to do costume, but in order to work at costume, I had to do costume, hair, makeup, and script. All of those things. So I was the person who's like, come on in. I'm going to dress you. I'm going to do makeup, hair, dress you. Then I'm going to go out there with my notepad and take notes. And I worked for like almost no money. I said yes to everything. I was like, I know I want to do this. What's my path? Because the union category in Detroit at that time, I don't think it still is, it can't be, but was makeup, hair, costume, script. That was one category. So it was like changing hats. This is what I'm doing, everything. But um, that's how I learned it. You know, I just did all of that. And it was okay because I was still doing what I love to do. And I just said yes to everything. And then did that for a long time until I was like, okay, now I'm going to get out of here and now I'm going to go to another market. And I moved to LA and I started working here in commercials pretty quickly. And then I got the opportunity to do a film. And so that just changed everything because it changed it from what are they wearing to why are they wearing it? Mm -hmm. Right. It changed it from it's the coolest, latest, most amazing. And you look great to we're telling a story and maybe you don't look Great. Maybe, you know, you're suffering or maybe, you know, where did you get your shirt? You know, there's all these different elements to it that changed. And now I still do both and I love both. I love the what are you wearing and who cares where you got it because it's amazing. And I love the what are you wearing? What are you feeling? How is that telling a story? Both. And that segues really nicely into my next question, which is what do you believe it takes to become a costume designer? I mean... It's a hard business because we just endlessly work. And I think I answer my emails and my texts all day and all night long. You know, like you're sort of always on call and you're always thinking about the job. You never turn off the job in the middle of the night. I'm like, oh, wait a minute, maybe it's those shoes or why don't we switch it to this or, you know, answering problems. So I think you kind of, you have to, you know, know that it's an endless commitment you have to really want to do it. 
And um, you have to love it for the love of the game. Like, you just have to love it. So working on many genres of film, from comedy to drama to action, how does this affect wardrobe selection with, like, color, mobility, or stunt doubles? How does that process work? Well, you read the script and then you ask yourself, what are they doing? What is their action? Like, a really good example of this is Letty and Lovecraft in episode three when she's at the party and she's dancing and flirting with someone and then she's in the bathroom with Atticus and then she goes outside and she's smashing the car in and then she's on her knees on the ground getting arrested. So like knowing that she's doing all those things, we have to put her in an outfit that she can do all those things in. And then you, you know, ask, is there a stunt double? Because then you have to make one for her and one for them or two for her, three for her and three for them. And is it going to get bloody? Could it get ripped? And so you definitely have to consider and color comes into the picture because if someone's going to get thrown on the ground and you don't want to make 10 of them, then you, you know, you're not going to do a white one. You're going to do a darker color one that isn't going to show. And what's the fabric if you're outside and could it be raining or is there something and is it going to show water or something getting spilled? All those questions come into play before you really decide what it is somebody's going to be wearing. Nice. Also, you've worked with many leading men, both in film and on the red carpet. What inspired you to get into menswear or did you gravitate towards menswear? How did that come about? I love men's clothes. I've always loved men's clothes. That's been my passion. I started going to the fashion shows in Paris for men's clothes many years ago. You know, I love women's clothes too, but it's more about the smaller details. And, you know, lapel and fit, the tailoring, there's sort of less of a variety. You know, now it's a little bit different, but still men's clothes are, I think, more limited than women's. But I really love the details of it. And I love dressing men. And all my styling clients, they've always been men. I've always dressed men. And those are like, you know, the designers that I know and my relationships have always just leaned in that direction because that, those are the shows I go to. That's my passion. But I love dressing women also. It just so happens that that's just where it started and, and what I love. So what is it like personally styling actors like Steve Carell and Will Smith? Like, do you... Oh, it's awful. It's the worst. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I literally am the luckiest person in the world. I have to knock on wood because I have the nicest, most amazing people in my life that I've been dressing for so many years. I've been with Steve and his amazing wife and their family. I think I've been dressing him for like a dozen years. I think Amazing. so. And Will is so beautiful and so much fun to dress and put clothes on. I've been lucky enough to do three movies with him and a lot of personal styling with him. Jack Black, I've been with him for, I don't know, 15 years. I did my first movie because of Jack. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So I just feel really blessed. They're all amazing, nice, wonderful family men that I feel really lucky to have. That's so nice to hear. Really nice to hear. So Ryan Gosling's wardrobe in Crazy Stupid Love, it was very well received by audiences. How did you feel after seeing such a positive response to your work? Well, you know, thank you for saying that. 
And I love seeing a, who doesn't love having a positive response to their work. Like it's, I'm so grateful for that. But what I will say, first of all, is that I bring my same self to every single job. So I've worked just as hard on Ryan than I did on anybody else in any other movie. And the fact that it was well-received is amazing. It's partly because it's him and, you know, I can put a paper bag on him, but it's also the timing and, you know, there's so many elements to it. Yeah. And I love dressing him and I love dressing Steve and Steve's makeover. And that movie was really one of like the most creative, fun jobs I've ever done. But one of my favorite days of my career on set was the day that we shot, I don't know if you remember in Crazy Stupid Love, but there was this montage of Steve and he was in the bar and he was like, there's a girl that comes and sits at a table with him and then he's like sitting back having a drink with someone else. And so it was just this montage and it was like, I don't know, 10 outfits and it they had a lockdown of the camera. So the camera was doing the same thing over and over. And then we just changed Steve like 10 times and we would go back in his trailer and give him another outfit. And then he'd go shoot this thing for just, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And then we would change the outfit. So I had like 10 outfits in two hours and we laughed so hard and it was so much fun. And it was, you know, just one of those moments of like, I've worked so hard, you know, to be here with him at that moment, making this beautiful movie. And then all these outfits, just moment after moment, after moment, after moment. So I have so much gratitude for all of that, for Ryan and Steve and John and Glenn that directed that, you know, we made that movie. And as I was making that movie, I'm like, we're making a comedy. This is hilarious. This is so funny. Oh my God. And then I remember screening the movie and watching it. And it's this quiet, beautiful little story with so much heart to it and amazing music and amazing editing and everything. So like the movie that I was making, I didn't realize was exactly that movie. And it was such a joy to see what they did and how they created it. And Dan Fogelman that wrote that is just so genius. So it was just the perfect storm of people and vision, that movie. And you've already touched upon how, like, it's timing, but did you guys have any idea at all? Like, was there a buzz on the set that you were making a movie that was going to be so, so popular? You know, you always think you are. I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, every movie you make, you're like, oh, this is the best thing I've ever, this thing, we're, we're doing something great. But, like, you know, you're also working so hard that you don't really have time for that. So, I don't... Yeah, like I said, that movie that I was making, I didn't realize how precious and gentle it really was in some ways and hilariously funny. They just did such a good job on that film. I, I love, I'm so proud of that movie. I love it. Oh, it's great. And we love it too. I've seen it so many times. So we want to talk a little bit about Lovecraft Country because that is, it's huge right now. It's widely popular. It has a lot of action and drama and sci-fi and it's set in the 50s. So how did you manage to merge all of those things together to tell the story through costume? Well, the gift of that show, first of all, is Misha Green, who created, wrote, and was the visionary behind it all. And she gave me the room to root my work in the period and then take it wherever we wanted to take it. So I wasn't bound to having, we're in 1955 and this is exactly, and they only wore that, you know, my little secret weapon was just that I, all the underpinnings of 
the period we did the bras and and all the you know the stockings and things so we really kept the shapes pretty you know on point as to the period and then from there we kind of gave ourselves room to play a little bit more but I think that kept it grounded in the period by seeing the shape of you know the bras were pointy the you know there was smaller ways there were things about that period that we we really kept true to but then there's a fantasy element. I mean, that's was so fascinating for us as a department. It's like now we're in, you know, the 20s. Now we're in the 30s. Now we're in the, you know, we, we got to like really jump periods. We got to create stuff that didn't exist. We did warriors. We did, you know, dancing on stage in Paris. Like we did, you know, I made a spacesuit for holiday. Like we got to go crazy. And so that kept us on our toes. It kept us interested. It kept us having fun the whole time. There was never a moment that you're just like, yeah, well, they're just, you know, in the car chase for three weeks. So we're going to have coffee this morning. We'll show up later. Like that was not <laughs> happening. And this may be, I'm sure this is a very like general question, but we are curious about it because it's something we don't know about the industry. So when you're doing all these like action scenes and there's things like blood, what's the process that you go through for continuity and duplicate wardrobe? Like, what does that look like? Well, sometimes they don't shoot it in order. So yeah. imagine we have to establish what that blood's going to look like before they fall down the, you know, whatever like before they fall off you're like oh where did they get cut and so you're making it up you're like well I imagine they might have fallen like this so you you know there's set people sometimes the supervisor's there the director is there maybe it would be Misha and everybody's sort of figuring out how dirty do they get how bloody do they get but if we start there and then, then you're shooting them clean later. You have to make sure that you have enough. And then what about the in-between scenes? And what if you have to go back and reshoot something and it's an in-between scene? So you can't ruin all your clothes because you might need yeah. a clean one. You might need a middle one. I remember for the pilot when Letty's wearing, she has like red capri pants on and, and a cream colored blouse that's tied up. And she gets so dirty and bloody. I think we had like, I don't know, probably between eight and 12 or 13 of those. And then we had a whole rack of them. This is a clean one. This is when she first falls. Then this is the bloodiest. And we went back to go look at it again or shoot another senior. Like, okay, well, what part of the sequence is this? Because we need to know, are we, you know, do you want A, B, C, D, or E? You have to pull that one out. So depending on how long the scene is, is how many you make and, and do you keep some clean? That's awesome. Thank you. So Jamie Smollett stars as Letty and she wears a lot of separates, a lot of prints and colors. And in her personal life, she's also kind of like a fashion person. Amazing. She dresses beautifully, yeah. What is the process of creating Letty's costumes and do you collaborate with Journey at all? Of course, yeah, yes. I remember our first fitting. We had so much fun because this isn't, uh, I'm, I'm really used to film. This is my first you know, time doing an entire TV series with 10 episodes with the character evolving and things changing. And so you'd fit for every episode and then she would come in and I had an idea of what I wanted it to be and, you know, the colors and the shapes and all that. And then, you know, in Lovecraft, particularly, 
she sort of devolves instead of evolves costume wise because they're figuring stuff out and they're, you know, she's not going to put on high heels in episode seven or whatever, you know, like it's, she actually does wear high heels in episode seven. I'm taking that back. But, but most of that, you know, when she's on her journey and figuring things out, she's more practical. So she kind of ended up more casual. And I would say, are you sure? You know, I, I think you could run in those. I feel like you might be able to run in those. So we have, would always have the conversation of function, fashion, where she was at as a character. You know, she was so much fun to collaborate with because we had the same vision of where it went to, like the heightened, laddy, amazing. And then we had to sort of deconstruct it in a way of like, okay, maybe you're pulling something out of Atticus's closet, what would it be? Because it has to still be Letty enough for you to wear it. But she was a joy and so easy to dress and really, really fun and wonderful to work with. Perfect. So of your body of work, you have dressed a lot of people. Do you have a closet of a character that you've dressed over the years that you would want for your own personal wardrobe, whose would it be? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite? Well, we create them all. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like we like we make up these people and I help these actors find these characters and then it's them. Like I love Letty's clothes, but that's Letty, right? Yeah. And um I don't I I really feel like for me, I'm like the background. I'm not, you know, crazy. What you know, like I don't. I don't feel like that. Although I'm wearing an animal print dress, which you know, I have my own thing. I definitely have my own style, but I don't think I've ever done a character like me, like my own style. So I let them be them, and and I appreciate it. I try and keep something from every show that means something to me, you know, that's symbolic of it. I have a little collection of pieces that were really important to me. And I'm really grateful for all the trust that I've gotten from the actors to let me help them find those characters. To piggyback off that question, I'm just curious, does any of your personal style or taste, does it ever mix into your work? Or are you very, is there like a strict thing you have of like, no, I don't want any of me in these characters? Well, I think I only have my perspective, right? That's all. I don't have anyone else's eye. I have my eye. And I think if you see my work, if you look at any movie I've done or any television show I've done, whatever, there is a thread there because it's all through my eye. So it's Letty through my eye. It's, you know, Kale from Crazy Stupid Love through my eye. It's It's all. So I think, you know, what we as costume designer bring is our own perspective. And so I think that that's there. I think there's a thread there for sure. And it's probably pieces of my own thing just because it's what I'm drawn to, you know? So if I were Letty, how would I dress, I guess, is the thing. But but we try and give them each their own thing, but it's also through our lens, through our own yeah. No, that makes total sense. And you touched upon the day that Steve Carell and and you guys had the montage as being a memorable day. Is there another fun or memorable time that you can tell us about that you had on set that you you remember? I mean, there's things from every show 
that are unforgettable for me because there's pieces that we fight for. And the truth is, is sometimes you do not know that it's going to fly until the moment when they say action. And then you're like, I just, just, I just wanted to wear the hat. I just wanted to wear the hat. Is the hat going to fly? Misha and I had a whole thing about hats. She didn't love hats. I was so dedicated to hats. And one of the things that I remember on Lovecraft was when Christina was driving the car and she had a hat on, like you could see through it. There were things of it and it was placed like, really strategically to the side and I love the hat so much and I remember Vic who was the director of the episode seeing like yeah no I don't know if we can do a hat she's driving you're gonna block her you know you you won't be able to see her and I'm like Vic you're gonna see her I promise you you're gonna see her face like I know you're gonna see her face this is gonna be amazing it's so we walked out with the hat put the hat on or did the thing we're all holding our breath she sits down Vic was playing amazing music she had the thing it was tilted away she was you know you could see through the lens you could totally see her face it was magical it was amazing and it's like yeah amazing Misha was like yep 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 we're good we're good and they were like action oh my god thank god it's a hat we got the hat (laughs) so we know that you work in both costume design and styling is there something that you would tell your younger self that you know now that you maybe didn't know back then or the opposite, which is <laughs> so bad, right? But for me, my rule has always been say yes to everything. And I still stand by that. So when anybody young in the business or whatever, if anybody wants to ask me, like, how do I do it? My answer is say yes. I was a girl with a pen taking script notes because I wanted to dress people. I said yes to everything. And then I figured out if someone said, do you know anything about, you know, dressing someone, you know, a jockey for horse racing. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then you just spend that night on your computer figuring it out. The answers, are you available? The answers, yes. Do you know anything about it? The answers, yes. And you figure it out and make it work. And that's how, but you just have to be committed to doing that. You have to com- be committed to learning it, doing it, not sleeping, anything that it takes, but the answer is just yes. Yeah. I love it. That So what is next for Dana Pink and where can our listeners follow you? Right now I'm doing, I don't know if I can say, but I'm doing a character for a CG movie. So just there's like one live action character in the CG movie that I get to design. That's really fun and crazy. And we're like, we're in the what if, and it's so much fun. So I'm doing that. And then I'm doing a pilot for HBO starting next week, which I'm really excited about also that I don't know that I can say much, but it takes place in the 70s. So that's really fun. And then what else? That's that's what I'm doing right now. That's the moment. So I'd love to slide in just one little extra question, because as we've been talking, you are extremely busy and there's a lot asked of you um, in order to complete the job. How do you step back just for like mental health reasons? How do you make sure you have time and that you're doing okay? Thank you. That's such a nice question. Um, Thank you for asking that. First of all, I love my job. I really, really love my job. My job is my art my heart. I really like what I do every day and I love the people I get to do it with, you know, so I am filled with gratitude for what I do. But that being said, I have really close girlfriends in my life that I love and I try and do yoga and I try and eat really well and I 
love, you know, art and music. And so I think you try and have balance, but when you really like what you're doing, you know, I get to see clothes every day. I get to create every day with amazing illustrators and, you know, I, I have the blessing of being able to surround myself with wonderful people. So I think, you know, you try and balance and this past year has taught us a little bit of balance, I hope, but I feel really lucky if I didn't love what I did. I don't, I don't think I could work this hard. I love that. Thank you. Nice follow you. Oh, I'm on Instagram. Dana Pink Things. Yep. D-A-Y-N-A Pink Things. And I have a Facebook and, and I have a, but I don't really use the Facebook or Twitter very much. I really do post. I love Instagram because I like just to put the pictures out there and show what we're mm-hmm. doing. So, um, yeah. Follow me on Instagram for sure. Dana, thank you so much for today. Like I, I had such a lovely time, like speaking with you. We really just, again, appreciate your time very, very much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your questions and and you taking the time to talk to me about this. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us in another episode of The DM with Audrey Brienne and Tyree, where we had a Q&A with costume designer Dana Pink, who was really lovely and we enjoyed our conversation. A special thank you to Nearby Sound for our theme song. If you enjoyed the show, please introduce a friend to our work and tell them to subscribe. Make sure you subscribe as well. Follow us on the dm.net or on Instagram at Audrey Brienne and at Tyree Style. The DM is produced by Joe Passarelli, Audrey Brienne, and Tyree.